Hey this is Sayyam Botani and you're listening to Chai Time Data Science a podcast for data science enthusiasts where i interview practitioners researchers and calculators about their journey experience and talk all things about data science Welcome to Quarantine Content with Amazing Data Scientists and Cagliers, the CTDS.show. In this episode, I interview Yifan Shi, Data Scientist at Arian.ai and Kaggle Competitions Master, ranked in the top 250 at, at their highest, uh, during their highest uh, rankings in the competitions tier. In this uh, interview, episode we talk all about Yifan's journey into data science into Kaggle and how has his uh, approach to competitions and freelancing changed over the few years we also discuss their team's uh, gold medaling deep fake detection challenge that eventually ended up being seventh on the leaderboard originally being first we also discuss what had happened behind that Yifan shares his viewpoints and what had uh, and the story behind what had happened that led to this uh, also i believe the solution hasn't been disclosed on the forums yet uh, ifan gives a good amount of insights into that so i'm really excited to be sharing this interview i think this uh, episode has a lot of great insights for both kaggle and on how to get started in data science and in freelancing so without further ado here's my interview with ifan shi please enjoy the show Hi everyone, I am honored to be talking to Yifan Shi. Yifan, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I've known you for a long time, but it's an honor to have yeah. you on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, same here. I've uh, been talking to you for such a long time and has been following your podcast from the very beginning. Um, yeah, it's good to, good to finally have this opportunity to talk. Yeah. So I, I've known a lot about you, but I'd also like the audience to know all about you. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll maybe start by talking about your background. I believe you worked across different roles in the industry. You joined Kaggle and I think the, your consulting work started right around the same time, around five years ago. Um, consulting was starting in 2007. Oh, okay. 2000, sorry, 2017. Apologies. Okay. Okay. I, I actually hand in my notice to my ex-employer one week after becoming cargo master. <laughs> now thinking back, it's, it's, it's like a boss. Um, probably not a, a most rational move, but uh, it's like many things in life. You, you try to follow what your gut feelings telling you. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk more about how that panned out. Yeah, of course, of course. What's the first uh, Kaggle memory that you have? You've been active for, I think, over four or five years. Uh, um, Kaggle probably since um, since five years. Uh, the first competition was uh, the GE FryQuest competition. Okay. I mean, I, I, I heard about Cargo from a friend about um, 2011 and 2012. 
since since the, the time, day it launched. Yeah, right? yeah. Since since early days, and and at that time I was working on my um, doctorate thesis. I, I was working full time in my ex uh, employer, which is Airbus. I was doing uh, before that. I was doing quite a few years of uh, research on what we call now uh, um, semantic technology. So sort of like um, ability to recognize term. I was writing tokenizer in VBA in 2007 to 2011. So uh, 2011, 2012, I was actually working full time in the company and then writing up my thesis in the evening. And then these friends told me, oh, this is a Kaggle, sounds like uh, you might be interested. And for two years, I, I, I really want to do it. But for two years, I, I just do, did not have time. Those, is, uh, um, those were a, a very interesting time in my life because I was really working the whole, um, the security guard in, in uh, the company knows me very well because I was the only one staying in the office from seven after in, in the afternoon to be live. Well, and and I was working a, a, a very hard on that on, on my um, doctorate dissertation, and there are two things I wanted to do most at the time. One was to start in on Coursera. So uh, obviously with uh, Andrew Andrew's uh, machine learning course, right. and, and he he started sharing things um, from the Stanford University about 2011. And then he found Coursera. That was the time I really, I, the two things I want to do, one is Coursera, the other one was Kaggle. And then I remember uh, sort of like finishing my dissertation, done my Viva. It was uh, October, 2013. Mm-hmm. And I sit in the room and say, okay, now I have time. Actually, <laughs> now I have time, well, what to do? And, and I remember, Let's have a look at Kaggle. And then that was, that was the time I, I saw uh, the GE FlyQuest uh, competition, which was a, a very, even by today's standard, a very difficult uh, optimization challenge. And I was nowhere to be, I was nowhere ready to do that. So I guess like many of the um, grandmaster and master, they, they started Kaggle on a sort of like humbling experience. It was still very useful, the experience using that because it was, um, they were using a language called FHash, which is a sort of like um, functional, it's the first time I touch on uh, functional programming. Mm-hmm. But that's actually, uh, the concept is really useful. Now, uh, since doing that, uh, I actually stopped doing cargo a little bit because I got some chance to work on machine learning, some sort of like um, uh, industrial proof of concept type of machine learning. It was actually uh, computer vision. I was working on uh, uh, OCR system for industrial drawing. Okay. And, um, and I started to use Python and open source library. And then I realized, again, I'm, I'm not really good at doing that. And then I started to, oh, why don't I go back to Coursera and pick up Andrew Andrew's course? Mm-hmm. So that's sort of like um, 2014. I spent a year on that, and then I, I after that I actually become one of the earlier users in Fiano. Okay. Remember the good old day of Fiano. So, so I mean, I, I was one of the u- early users of Fiano. So that's kind of um, got me busy until uh, 2015, when when I started to work on um, the first cargo challenge that I, I was uh, dedicated. So that 
yeah, that's that's how how I how I started. I, I was in high school when Thiano came out, so I only <laughs> know of its history. <laughs> But uh, so, uh, uh, how did your Kaggle addiction since then change? Uh, you mentioned to me mm-hmm. in our chats that you uh, you addicted to gaming. Uh, did Kaggle take over that? And how did yeah. your approach to competitions change? I I I think. um for me in many sense is a replacement of addition <laughs> for the lack of better word but it it's a not more uh, positive in life mm. but at the same time it's actually probably a little bit more expensive i mean thinking about the hardware i have purchased to do uh, a cargo although um i think it for me it, it it's really the kind of thing that allow me to pick up one activity which is uh constructive mm. um which is something i can be proud of which in many sense also bring the community together so uh so that that's that's how i look at it. i i i don't think i w- i wouldn't say i i'm i'm still addicted to it especially uh since quite a few years doing cargoing um but um So 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 that's what it is really. I mean, I'm still uh, approaching cargo competition in a sense that um, to do well in a competition, personally, I tend to spend something like probably 200 hours, more than 200 hours for each competition to to wow. actually do well. Um, for I think for the for the deep fake competition this year, probably spend. to the north for 400 hours. Well, wow. so yeah, it, it was it, it, but then um the one thing I would say to do it uh being spending time and money on on data science and and cargo is is that um it always pay you back in slightly un, unexpected way. Mm-hmm. So for me even though I have spent quite a lot of uh, money on using hardware the knowledge the 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 resource the connection i i i have has been um very beneficial for me so um uh for me it's 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 worth it in the end yeah it it does take a lot of genius to get a lot of success but also a lot of efforts there there, there very few hidden secrets like you mentioned how, mm. how did your approach uh, to competitions change over the few years how did you improve upon your skill set uh, As, so, as you started mm, so i think um for me the i i kind of starting just without any general workflow general idea how to do things and in fact um i don't think there is like a accepted approach of data science project it's basically i don't think there is like a a um if, if you look at some earlier version Uh, I think there is like one methodology proposed by IBM, which kind of makes sense at the time. I think you can still search it on the internet. Still, I don't think there is like standard approach of doing data science project. Um, for for software development, for instance, you have Agile, you have Waterfall, you have anything between Agile and Waterfall. Uh, for data science project, it's not the case. So yeah. uh, I I kind of actually doing competition by. repetitive competition and kind of starting to feel my own way so uh, my my overall approach has uh sort of evolved from nothing but uh nowadays when i take on a, a competition project uh, i still call it a project it is a project 
and, and I take on a work project, the, the way I structure them has become very similar to each other. Um, so I kind of, I think I, I have developed a structural approach to handle a data science project that's at least work for me. At least I know uh, it's done well in competition and I know that it's uh, well received by my customer. So um, the, the, the two things I, I, uh, I value quite a lot. First is uh, structure. So I, I always have, for instance, it's, 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 this is not magic, this is not magic or, or magic trick or science. Uh, first thing is basically a document that share everywhere. In my case, I use uh, Google Spreadsheets. Mm -hmm. So on Google Spreadsheet, I tend to have uh, a tab for, uh, well, a tab is a, a sheet, right? A sheet, yes. you have many different sheets. So I have one sheet for bookmark. Um, I, I would have like um, bookmark for individual project or, indi or individual significant activity I take place in. Uh, I find it, it's better for me to remember, oh, I have done this project and this project use ABCDE resource, paper, library. I find mm -hmm. it easier for me to trace back to what was, what was in. So that's one. And the other sheet may be some uh, scoring table where I use it to manage my experiment result. Another one may be something to do with to-do list or idea list to, to uh, think about, okay, what are the things we, can, we want to try? What are the uh, what are the other steps that you need to follow up, and anything like uh, customer feedback, for instance, yeah. some customer will say, "Oh, why don't you do X, Y, Z?" I will just so it's kind of like one place for everything mm. in terms of information, but it's also useful in a sense that I can I can really have access to it everywhere, except when I go to uh, our Great China Firewall. There, you, you, there are other ways to assess it. That's fine. But in our, when I'm when I'm working in the UK, that's completely fine. So um, I use that to manage both my data science project now, but also my competition. The other thing is uh, a very um, sort of like consistent manner of uh, managing my my code. Uh, um, a better word is repository. So increasingly having more and more uh, rigorous method in terms of um, um, Git configuration management for, of the code. Uh, increasingly having better mechanism of every time I run a, a, a model, I would copy the, co the, the code that run that model. It will be safe alongside the model. It will mm. be safe uh, alongside with the lock. It will be safe alongside also um, uh, things like uh, what is the validation score, what are the data set, what's the, um, depends on how big and small. If, if, if the training data set is large, I may just uh, save the, the indexation of, of yeah. the training data. So, so basically I, I work a lot. Uh, in, my, in my case, it works for me. I spend a lot of effort to uh, set things in a way that it's, it's it can be run, but it can be uh, traceable. Um, it can be reproducible. So that particular actually worked work really well in the industrial sense for the customer. Mm -hmm. But I find it also very useful for uh, competition because um, when, when you, when you I, I typically have, would have uh, re, uh, record something like 
four to five hundred competition uh, experiment result for a competition, and then we starting to look back what what work and what doesn't work. Uh, if without a, um, I mean there are things like um, there is now studio available to management competition results. Um, in in my case, I, I have a method to do that myself. So for me, that is really useful. The structure, the the um, when I start in a competition, I have a clear idea. These are the the, the, the stuff I want to put in place first. So um, okay. the downside is it takes me something like 20 hours to warm up to a competition. Um, I, I look at it in a sense that you kind of have to fall in love with the problem. And for me, it takes me time to fall in love with the problem. So, so those would include, for instance, uh, in the bookmark spreadsheet I mentioned, I will be yeah. starting to gather competition information, what the host has said, what the fellow competitor has said, what mm -hmm. the uh, key baseline for the notebook, um, uh, literature. I I'm working on the uh, stack of competition now with Alaska, and, and there's a lot of uh, literature that's involved. Mm -hmm. so, so, so these are the stuff I, 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 I kind of have a, have a good way to manage. And for me, that's uh, probably one of my strengths. Um, I didn't say when I was in, um, well, my ex-employees, uh, Airbus, I was a project manager in Airbus. So maybe they have something to do with that. Mm. So um, for, for, for a few years, I was uh, also managing technical project myself. Um, that is also a very useful way to upgrade teammate on board, which is why I, th I think to, to a large degree, it uh, seems every time I team up with people, I've done well. That one of the reasons for that is that um, the way I, I'm managing things. Mm -hmm. um, different Again, different team have different structure, but there are situations where, because I, I have set things up, that, that the whole team is uh, benefit from that. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So I think you, you called, you uh, termed this as project-based memory in one of our charts. So yeah. uh, to, to summarize, you end up uh, tracking everything in a spreadsheet, uh, the different yeah. uh, sheets like about mm. ideas, projects, yeah. Yeah. you document literally everything to keep a track. Yeah, I document everything. Um, well, I, I, I also uh, use uh, the bookmark, just Chrome bookmark, for instance, to have a folder for each project. And within the bookmark of the folder for each project, I have the bookmark to the Google link, the Google spreadsheet link itself. So it's always two click away. Well, mm -hmm. I mean, Apple used to have a philosophy of if anything takes more than three click, yeah. you're starting to fail to remember that. So really for, for this kind of information, I, I try to make it within three clicks to get to the point that where those, uh, the gateway to, to that body of project used to, used to be. So that's, that's one, I, I guess that's my main philosophy. It, it works for me. It may not work for other people. I mean, down the year, I also uh, used to. I used to be a quite a heavy mind map user. Mm. So I used to also use mind map to uh, manage my literature. Um, but that was, I think, that was before I, I engage on cargo because once you go into cargo and data science competition, you are suddenly starting to face um, so many different domains, so many yeah. different uh, type of problem. So uh, if you just 
draw a knowledge graph humanly by your hand, it's it becoming very <laughs> difficult to manage. Yeah. Otherwise, you end up sharing notebooks that are titled Untitled 157.ipy Notebook. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, talking about your experience on Kaggle, you've teamed up with many legends, uh, to name mm-hmm. a few, Olivier, CPMP, uh, John mm. Fulcher, Abuja, Fatih, and now Anoka's and Jiba in, in your recent competition. Any, any favorite memories from uh, teaming mm. up with these legends? Well, I mean, um, so first thing is uh, actually the first guy of these people that I team up with a very young Anoka. He was he's 15 a, he's at the time. I'm, I'm convinced yeah, of that. The, 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 uh, well, when I team up with him the first time, he was 15. And, okay. And, and um, I, I team up with him and Joe for the second Santander competition, product mm-hmm. recommendation. So that's a few years back, actually. But uh, I generally... Until last year, I think. Before then, I I never team up with. Uh, before I become a cargo master, I actually never team up with a cargo master. Okay. I I I had a feeling that at the time I used to I wanted to only team up with people on the same tier, mm-hmm. and when I um, when I team up with CPMP, both he and me are cargo expert. I don't know who he is. Wow. I have no idea who he is. And, and and we were we were both in the Cora competition. And he was like one place in front of me, and I had some exchange with him on the forum. So I thought, oh, this guy might be interesting. So I just sent him a message, him up, and he said yes. And then I started to uh, have a look at his profile, and you 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 almost fell off of your chair. Oh, this is the guy who's he he's obviously have a lot of achievement in uh, mathematical opti- uh, optimization, stuff like C plus. Uh, very famous, uh, very famous industrial tool. So that's actually, but but even then, I have no idea he 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 he's where he is. And then we we just end up team up, teaming up both as a cargo expert. And we actually, I think he he become a cargo master with another of my teammate at the same time. I was mm-hmm. still a cargo expert, and I was later to become a cargo master that year. So before then, I, I actually um, don't team up with like master or grandmaster. Um, there was one guy you missed. It's actually um, um, Turbo, ZF Turbo. I used to yes, know yes. him as well. Sorry. Yeah, but um, the 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 good, the nice thing about these guys. Um, so first of all, is everybody is there is no, none of them are soft like, I'm the big guy, you have to mm. listen to me. Nobody's like that. Everybody's quite kind in sharing. Everyone's quite. Um, the other thing from the grandmasters is they they really um, for, at least for the one that I team up with. They're already good teammate in the sense that they pull their way into a competition. And um, you, you see some of them have very distinct, um, uh, how do I say, strength. So mm. CPMP, for instance, uh, his understanding of mathematical theory is just phenomenal. Yeah. Um, he's also one of the quickest learners I, I, I think I have experienced. When I was teaming up with him in Cora. He said he has uh, he doesn't know too much about neural network, so he was relying on me and oh. my teammate on neural network. And two months later, he was the second guy in the uh, Wikipedia traffic competition using recurrent neural network. So, mm-hmm. so it's it's amazing to know how, just to see somebody can do that. Uh, and people like Anoka, uh, for me, is is probably the quickest quickest person at coding. He is so not he, a person. He, 
<laughs> he, 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 he's just very, very fast in, in making, making, making things work. Kipa, first time, it's, it's only the first time I team up with Kipa, but I, I, you can feel this is someone who can look at a problem at a high level and actually say, okay, that bit, you need to work on that bit. Like you spend time on that bit and it does make things better. So, so I mean, it, it, it's just really different. And also, uh, I, w- I would also mention some of the Chinese Scrum Master that I, I had the pressure to work with. They, those guys again come from very different background and, and um, because my Chinese connection, I, I, I was able to, I know a lot of them already quite well. Like the, the, the two person who won last year's uh, Data Science Bowl 2019. So um, they, they were both of my teammates when we were in uh, home credit and uh, a widow, the second a widow. So again, they, these people have th- different way of looking at problem. Um, I, would, I would say the common thread is everyone is very, very competent at executing uh, experiment, at least better than myself individually. So. I, I Again, think, no, everyone is very good teammate. I, I think uh, I've I mentioned this quite a few times on the competition, but this is one of the beauty uh, on, on this podcast. Sorry, uh, this is one of the beauties of Kaggle that uh, even you may or may not know who's the other person, but uh, the leaderboard is the neutralizer. You, you're trying to solve a new problem, which you may or may not have worked on before. Yeah. And uh, the leaderboard just tells you if, if the person is better than you, they, they might be above you, they might be below you. Uh, outside of that, you, you don't need to know their qualifications or anything. Mm, well, um, the other good thing about that is actually uh, very often you end up, well, I, I, I meet, uh, luckily I meet uh, quite a few uh, famous cargoes uh, in real life. Um, you actually don't need that much time to have a loss of common memory. So it's like I I I I think the first time I met with people like um, Abhijit, for instance. Mm-hmm. So Abhijit is like, uh, and and then you you just talk about one of the competitions you both take place in. It's 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 a little bit like um, this is sort of like collective memory in the community, yeah. which is very nice. Which is uh, for me is is uh, probably the best I get out of uh, doing data science competition in all these years. It's it's actually have a group of people I I know I have very uh, common uh, memory about, and we w- once we sit down, even I don't have, I don't need to know the so much about the person's individual background. You, yeah. you just know there are things that you guys can share. So that's really nice. Yeah. I'm I'm not a, I'm not a religious religious person, so I don't I kind of don't have the opportunity to to go to a church and say uh, a certain page of Bible for, or, or, or Quran to say oh this is great, yeah. but I can go to a, a a fellow data science competitor and say oh that competition we both in, so that that was really nice. That is yeah. It's 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 literally like Kaggle has created this sport of data science, and it's just like talking about a famous game from from the past. Like you, you might yeah, talk yeah. about a soccer game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I again, I I I was really interested. I was always a, a individual video gamer. I never play video game online. Okay. For the fear that it may suck me <laughs> in, and I would never return. I was already spending two hundred hours on a uh, Final Fantasy game. 
I was spending like 300, 400 hours on uh, the major football management game. Winning 11, I spent, I don't know how many hours in different versions of winning 11. If I started playing games or not, uh, that, that would be sort of the end of me. So uh, I, I was, but then because um, Kago, because the competition, now, now I, I get this benefit without, without uh, losing myself. That's really nice. Okay. Uh, congratulations on your latest goal from the deepfake detection uh, challenge. Thank you. Uh, I, I'd, I'd love to talk more about that. But before, if you could help uh, set the stage by telling us what was the problem and what was the challenge of the competition. You mean the, um, the void of our winning solution? Uh, we'll, we'll definitely talk about that. <laughs> yeah. But before that, for the people who are not aware of the competition itself, what was the challenge and what was the problem statement of the competition? Uh, okay, the problem statement of the competition. So um, this is a competition that's co-organized by a, a, a technology alliance that's called Palashi on AI. So behind this uh, technology alliance is the Facebook, the Google, the Amazon of the world, and you also have the Chinese uh, company Baidu, Tencent, Alibaba, a lot of uh, global media company, uh, BBC, for instance, CNN, they're all part of this alliance. So uh, one of the, the reasons they do that is, um, the, this, this, this is an alliance to promote sort of like ethical use of uh, AI. And DeepFake is one of the um, problems that everybody kind of agree will become a big problem as uh, things emerge. In, in the last two or three years, there is like um, some app you turn out, you can use it to generate it, um, yes. sort of like deep fake type of video, maybe with you, maybe it's, uh, you impersonating some, um, some actor. So, so it's really to, to starting to tackle the problem by pulling academic and commercial um, uh, resource in a long commercial way. I have to say that that is actually one of the big points on um, um, Palashi on AI's uh, DeepFake Challenges website. And in the end, um, so Facebook, I think Microsoft have uh, helped out a little bit to uh, create a data set involve 100,000 videos to make it available to the competitor. And then each individual or team can build model on those data set. And then um, Facebook as the host of the competition would uh, run your model in a hidden private test set to see which model is the best. So that is the kind of the, the problem statement. Essentially it's just read a video to understand whether there is a forgery uh, activity in that video. But also uh, the audio is also part of the equation as well, because there are some fake audio, well, let's say manipulated audio in, in the data. Okay. Yeah, so, so that's more or less the competition was about. Well, that, it runs for four months, four months, December, December to the end of March, active, the, the active competition stage was that, that time. Legend says uh, Dieter Christoph had invented this technology to make himself look younger in video. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. Well, I mean, he's. You, you're talking about the data, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, but, but um, it's interesting because so many people think 
he's really is an old guy. Um, I I actually connected with him on LinkedIn, so I wasn't I, I already know he's a really handsome LinkedIn page. Yeah. <laughs> did Did you join the competition uh, right in the early days? When did you uh, decide to sign up for the competition? I so uh, backtrack ten years. In my doctorate study, I was working on a subject called semantics, which is part of a subject called context-aware systems. Okay. And I was working in um, as part of the researcher in a department in Airbus called knowledge management. So in that subject, there is uh, quite a lot of work in terms of taxonomy and classification of knowledge and information and data. In my doctorate thesis, there is one taxonomy where you have all the different kinds of information. You have semantic, you have activity, you have uh, uh, tacit knowledge and implicit mm -hmm. knowledge. And then on the, on the bottom right, there is a small, 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 small box says misknowledge or misinformation. That's 10 years yeah. ago. So obviously that's no longer a small box. Um, with everything going on, uh, with the polarization of, of uh, social media, with uh, the technology starting to generate more and more uh, convincing knowledge, so that's no longer a small box. So my, my interest actually is always there since 10 years to, to understand and evaluate it, uh, knowledge authenticity, information of authenticity, and to some degree value information in a sense that whether it contributed to knowledge whether it may have other form of uh, impact. So it, it's long been one of my uh, subjects that I, I, I was, I care. Um, so, so that's the core reason I, I, I took part in DFA. Second reason I, um, I work on a um, commercial project to detect sort of like live crime, people with knife in a video from uh, in sort of Q3 last year. So I, I actually have already built some pipeline that can take video, uh, truncate it down and make a binary classification. So at the time it was sort of like December, early December, I thought, okay, that's actually a project uh, interesting and also have something to go with. Mm. So that's how I, how I started. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's the reason really. I, I just think, but uh, this is also the first competition I seriously take place that involve uh, computer vision mm. and uh, image classification. Not that because I don't know how to do it, but it was more because I didn't have the hardware before. So that goes back to how much money is spent on it. I, 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 last year in October, uh, I acquired a workstation with some hardware that allowed me to do the work. Some hardware. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's a two, two 2080 uh, RTX not too Ti. Many. Not too many. Um, it was enough for me to uh, actually to do reasonably well in this competition. So yeah, so that, that's, that's how it started really. I, I mainly started because I, I, I feel personally I'm interested and technology wise, I, mm. I build something in a previous project. Yeah. Okay. So there's a question from the AMA and uh, for them, I'd like to clarify, I called you the dream team since uh, it was all of my heroes <laughs> together in one team. So that's why I called it that. 
mm-hmm. but uh, their their question is uh, they're curious about uh, the process of uh, teaming up together and how did the masters and grandmasters work together do you think that was part of your secret edge and uh, sometimes many highly skilled people when they come together they tend to be like yeah. uh, ego yeah. clashes but uh, was that the case what was your experience like so uh i kind of started competition very early and i knew that at the time chipas already started mm. but he wasn't spending too much time oh there's my cat by the way so <laughs> <Hello. laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> so i because i know makel very well at the same time i know him quite well and i know he's uh, while well, he's in year 1 cambridge before pandemic so he was completely uh he was doing his own over book. by homework and 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 exam but it's the first time i took part in a competition with um um competitive vision so i started working on it um uh, on my own for the first 6 week of the competition and i started to chat up to macau saying okay if you don't compete give me some advice man um so we we start talk a little bit and then and then it just got to a point he say you know what if um if you don't mind i don't mind taking part so that's that's how i invite him to join okay so um he he gave some really good advice and, and we got into kind of at the time february top 10 in the in the leaderboard and just behind the facebook team actually so um and that gets to the point i think we were, i was working everything in tensorflow and keras and then we have a team name called sinking with tensorflow how <laughs> <laughs> the reason was the tensor tf tf2 was really not really that good in the competition mm. with uh, with the kernel facility um and 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 we 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 sort of stuck in the 20 to 40s position and we say okay actually maybe we should work a bit harder get into um second half of february at that time um there was another competition going on uh bangari and uh one of our teammates uh chison and he was long time number one in that competition and um he's he was starting to talk in our wechat group we have a wechat chinese kagola wechat group okay. uh which we only accept uh kagola master no offense to other people it's because wechat have a 500 people limitation and 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 we can we can accommodate more people so he was starting to ask okay uh i i was lo- i was losing interest in bengali uh is there something interesting so i i chat up on him uh, we already know each other both him and another teammate gary who who's also a grandmaster himself so um at the same time was starting to ask okay who else who we think might be interested to to join and contribute something different so it's around those time that jiba gary and sisan join us So I mean it's it's not like everybody say oh let's join a team and start mm. four months away it it's sort of like this in this experience I I I do a lot of work I build a whole pipeline from um from petition well pre-processing petition and inference in tensorflow first getting to end of January um uh, Michael Michael join and then I 
we found that we were getting to a limit with TensorFlow and mm -hmm. actually go back to rebuild the whole pipeline from bottom to the end into, Py in, into PyTorch. Okay. And after that, um, Jupa, Gary, and Shison joined. So in a sense that we didn't really have that much problem in terms of conflicting uh, opinion approach in this experience, in a sense, because we, we kind of already had a platform to work on. In this competition, if you have a, um, a robust inference pipeline, it makes things so much more easier. Uh, it, it just allow you to do things in a, with a lot more confidence because um, the, the whole time to even with the smaller uh, public test set, it takes nine hours to, to see the results. Yes. So anything go wrong, it's it's kind of I mean, it's it's kind of like you, you, you send a a Mars rover and wait for six months. Well, six months, two or three years mm -hmm. to see whether it work at the landing. If it doesn't work, <laughs> you you, you your order calculation is, is, is waste. So, so it's a bit like that. So it's, it's from a beginning, it's a long shot. So engineering uh, skill set, having a robust pipeline was big advantage for this. So in a sense, we, we, we already kind of have that platform in place when, when the bright, really bright idea of Jibba, Chisholm, Gary to starting to appear. So already have that platform, this useful. But just another point is, um, in my experience, class of ego is uh, has not been a problem on, on, on my calculating experience. I think one of the reasons of that is I personally only team up with people that I personally know. Mm. At least I have some exchange on, on Slack. There are, uh, um, for, for a few reasons, one of the reasons is that my time I consider my time to be very precious. Um, I, I'm, I'm 41 years old. I'm, I'm trying to run my business. The time I spend on cargo, it's, it's really precious. I don't want to, um, how do I say, uh, take part in a competition and having teammate who doesn't contribute or having teammate, I actually, I think a lot of the time is not the person who doesn't not, does not want to work. A lot of the time is when you have a new, new people, joining cargo, take on a cargo competition, it, um, that person may not know what it takes to compete well in a competition. Yeah. How, 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 you, how do you take 25, 20 to 25 hours of your daily life out of work, out of study, and for two or three months every week, spend those time into a competition? It, it's... Um, I, I kind of want to team up people already who have um, that process in internally, however way that individual makes it work. It's, it's not a fact of whether you are good or bad data science. That is a very important yeah. point. The point is whether you, you, you could integrate the competition activity into your daily life. So for me, that's uh, um, because, because of my personal situation. I, I don't, I don't, I can't, I can't spend a lot of time and, and with the other guy not, not working. So, so that's one reason. The other reason is um, fear of having people who would be using multiple account. Mm. There is a lot of really, really good um, data science competitor inside China. So I'm talking about maybe a bit more specific Chinese, Chinese context. 
And inside China, there is a lot of data science competition platform. And, and those platforms, typically speaking, are, are less well-managed in Tagore. Mm. So you have people who uh, are using a lot of um, multiple accounts. You have people who are doing a lot of private sharing. You have people basically who are really good competitor, but the first time they join Cargo, they don't necessarily use the best method and, and, and best practice. Yeah. And I think some of our friends, Jipa, CPMP, uh, have been burned once. The guy who caused their downfall at that time, it's actually now a cargo grandmaster. Mm-hmm. So he kind of say, he, he kind of redeemed himself after that. So we, we so I, I want to avoid that. If someone say, I want to join, normally I say, take part in two competitions, get a top 10%, which is not out of extraordinary but yeah. it's a good effort. So you can show me that you actually have spent time and effort and understand what it takes. Then we can we can compete together, that's fine. Or if someone, I already have a, a personal trust. That For me, that's really important. So that also uh, helped me to, to, to have a situation where whenever I build a team, I, I would already know the, pers- the person they are, they, are, they don't have massive ego or uh, they, they wouldn't uh, be too difficult to work with. And there is one, one, one statement in the, in the question saying um, people with strong opinion. I think strong opinion is not a problem itself. The, 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 the difficult thing here, well, I think the key thing here is um, to disagree well. Yeah. Right. In some case, you have to agree to disagree. And in other case, you have to say, okay, let's attach this attack this differently, but we have a converge point. Agree on a converge point in in itself on cargo, um, the traditional competition format actually allow you to do that pretty well. So so Mm -hmm. that's not the problem. For me, the biggest problem for teaming with cargo is having teammate who's not contributing. For me, that's the one thing I I don't like. And uh, actually there are situations I myself, either because I was busy or because I was, uh, there was one case I was be- behind the Chinese firewall. All my computer resource is in the UK and, and the connection at the time was not so good. And I wasn't contributing as much as I want. And that personally, I felt really bad at that time. So I, I, I also f- would let the newcomer or, or people who are trying out cargo to say, actually, if you can take part in a competition or a team, Make sure you can contribute well. Mm. That that for me that's quite important. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like like you mentioned, uh, CPMP is one of the great examples who uh, really argues well with facts, and it's it's not just about disagreeing, but properly uh, disagreeing about something or properly arguing about uh, something with facts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, he is one of the example who 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 have a strong opinion, but who can yes. work very well together. As I say. He, he he's someone who who, if you can present a good argument, yeah. then he he would, uh, and he's also he's someone who would, uh, um, react to you positively, even if your uh, opinion is different, as mm-hmm. long as your 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 argument is structured well. So that I I, I learned from him a lot. Yeah, and he he um, he's someone who's been uh, helping me out both inside cargo, but also outside cargo. So 
in the earlier stage of our company's setup, he gave me some good advice. So I, I really, um, from, from him, he's, he's one of the person that I respect most among all the Kagola. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, c coming back to the competition, uh, I'd love to know more about your solution, uh, what made it to the final solution, okay. and uh, what uh, things didn't work uh, that you would have expected to work with the competition. Mm. So, um, first thing to say is that we actually haven't shared our competition solution um, because the situation with uh, the host, we, yeah. our, our, our dis dispute with the host. Um, secondly, actually now we are in a unique situation where we know have, we have probably one of the best solution, but we don't have to open source. <laughs> yeah. And we can learn from the top five. <laughs> so, uh, if if I think in commercially, maybe it let, it's not necessarily serving our disinterest of not sharing it. But um, I would say our solution is not that difficult. Uh, it's not that different from others. It's not that difficult to implement. We we are using very similar um, kind of network with other people. So things like EfficientNet. We have. Um, I I remember. If I remember correctly, the, the, the first prize winner, uh, um, he used uh, B7. Mm. He used 7B7, I think. In our case, we didn't use a large efficient net. We used the smaller ones. So okay. our efficient net is largely from uh, B1, B3. I think there's one B5. Our solution, the two solutions. So the one with the um, extra data, additional data, the one that came top score on the lead on on the leaderboard for a small time, uh, for a significant amount of time actually <laughs> before it take, got removed. That one has uh, I think seventeen models. It has uh, eight model with additional data, and yeah, and the other models are are with competition data. Our secondary solution, the one that finished seven on the leaderboard is a 13 model or with competition data. Okay. Um, the, the way we build it is, is very similar to the other. We take, we take the video, we cut the video into uh, individual frames. Uh, we, we perform binary classification on each video, well, in, on each frame. But before we do that on each frame, we also identify the face. So it is not that different. I guess in our case, it, we, we, we work pretty, we didn't work really hard on that, but we, 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 I think we pay attention not to overfit the leaderboard. Hmm. In the end, that was probably our best um, success. We know that the data set, I think for also audience who's not familiar with the competition, um, we have um, a, a public test set, hmm. which we know the nature of the video is very similar to what we are training on. And then we have a um, a private test set which is twice as large as the public test set, where the whole set now they have reviewed uh, half of those data are coming from internet. And they didn't really say whether they have uh, the permission to use those video, just to say yeah. that. <laughs> but. Um, um, so, so we know that the, the data set distribution would be different. Yeah. And 
we actually tried quite hard to uh, move up on the leaderboard. But according to our validation scheme, we could not move up to the leaderboard. And, uh, and then I, I was getting to have the feeling that maybe there's going to be a, a big shakeup. Mm. Well, in the end, it's not that big, but it's, it's sort of medium-sized shakeup. So I was getting to the point of view, okay, it's very likely to have a shakeup because we know the distribution is not the same. Let's prepare ourselves for the shakeup. Mm. So um, getting to the last two weeks, when I started to put solution together, I think uh, I put one and Chipper put one. We were deliberately using uh, unweight G-mean, geometric mean. Okay. Uh, so all the model when they put together, they share the same way. Mm. I think some a lot of the competitor are giving higher weight for model that are ranking higher on the leaderboard. So that for me it would be a mistake for this condition. So uh, for us, uh, that's probably one of our successful factor. The other one is when we when we do the validation, we were doing validation really on. Uh, different validation set. So I, I, I build three or four validation scheme. We, um, the original data comes with uh, 50 partition. So each of my validation scheme are taking data from different part of the partition. So uh, that, that's useful. I believe that's useful. Um, we, we are in a kind of sad situation because um, the, the host has released the, the legit part of their private test set, they mm. have not released the, the part where they say the video are coming from the internet. Mm. So actually there is no way to reconstruct the private test set scope, which is a bit sad in two sense. One sense is uh, for scientific solution, you want to be able to benchmark that. Yeah. Second is uh, I personally feel if they are using internet so, uh, video source from internet, in our situation, we're doing the same for a rule that they didn't mention in the condition. <laughs> and then and I feel I feel sad in this way. Um, okay, but it is what it is. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with you. Uh, so we, we talked about the science, but uh, there's also been this uh, heavy weight of, of the question. I, I'd love to discuss the controversy that mm. came out after the uh, competition had ended. and. I would love to hear from you what had ha actually happened. So, Jeepa has already shared on the forum, but I uh, would love to hear from you as well. So just the timeline. So we were told to prepare for winning solution and by 1st of May. So we submit. And then quite quite quickly, we got uh, a message to say we will be disqualified because we're using external data. And then we say, okay, we use external data, but we actually very carefully choose the license. So, so the two, uh, sorry, we, uh, we, one second. Uh, can you clarify uh, what does external data mean for Kaggle mm, generally? Okay. Was it allowed uh, for this yeah, yeah, competition? Yeah. In, in this competition, it said it's allowed to use external data. External data basically are data that didn't come from the original uh, competition data. Okay. So we use uh, two kinds of external data. One is the uh, 70K NVIDIA dataset, okay. NVIDIA phase. Um, but we only take the part of those phases with uh, license that is uh, allowed in the competition. 
the competition allow license that give uh, commercial usage right. So we, we, let's say the 70K and media data set, we take in about half of them, mm. which give um, um, sort of like C, uh, creative common nutrition, CCBY, for instance. And then we, 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 we also search for YouTube video and identify YouTube video with CCBY license. And then we took those, some of those video and, and, and then we, identi- we, we do the performance, the, the, the process of uh, identifying the faces, both true and, uh, and um, face that uh, with deep fake operation. And then we use those, those two source of uh, data, one from NVIDIA, one from YouTube as a data source. Um, so so that, that's the kind of external data we will use. And the reason behind that was because we anticipated the um, private test set would have data set that's from the wild, as they say. The Facebook team is also taking data from the internet. So we take data from the internet. Now, um, throughout the competition, they, nobody was saying, I mean, they say, as long as you stick with the license type, then you'll be fine. So that's what we, what we have done. So we, we get uh, a quick message that we're using a media data set, we're using the um, YouTube video, and because you're using the media data set, the whole data set contains some image that does not give commercial right, you will be disqualified. Please clarify. So we say, okay, we actually choose the right type of license among the media data set. And then since then, there must be two or three weeks before they come back. This time they didn't say, this is a media data set problem. This time they say, can you please provide individual permission from all the deep fake video, from the people who appear in a deep fake video. Um, and at that time, basically, we were saying as an individual competitor taking part in a competition, we follow what the host say in terms of the kind of license you want. The host and the competition admin has never mentioned about individual uh, permit per- permission in the video and therefore we didn't um, do that if they have mentioned that then we definitely would not have used the youtube video of course mm-hmm. now because they mentioned that and we can't answer we, we, we don't have the permission of course i think that in the end was the reason they they disqualify us i mean didn't disqualify they they um remove our winning solution mm-hmm. that was the reason so that's what happened now i mean i i I would say we have very different interpretation what is right and wrong in this condition. But I guess in this case, Facebook is the one who's paying the money. They are basically um, making the decision without a justification. And because they pay, they can do it, they do it. So that is the situation as it is. Um, I, I, for my side, well, that, that, that's the, that's really the reason, and they do it. They are doing it knowing that they also use internet from the. Uh, uh, they also use video from the internet. They did not disclose what source those video from. They did not disclose whether they have legally obtained those video in their private test set. They, they, they do it themselves, and they still disqualify us for practically do, practically doing the same thing and partly stay in the room. 
they do it because they can. And what can I say? <laughs> um, as part of the com community, I would say uh, I'm very happy that the community largely has support us. Um, very happy. It, it, it was a difficult time for us, but it's good to actually in such difficult time to know who are the people uh, are really um, backing you up, who are the people who are uh, um, having a, a, a good interpretation, who are the people who uh, encourage you to move on. So I, I take I take the com uh, positive out of this. Um, CPMP say something that stuck with me. CPMP say something that he he he's no longer uh, emotionally attached to Kaggle. I, I I already talked yeah. about his thread on this on the podcast also, but his thread on uh, I think it's titled "Becoming Adults." Uh, yeah, he he had said on the yeah. I think going forward, that's probably the kind of approach I would take. So, yeah, I. I it is what it is. And we, we all have to move on from that, I suppose. Yeah. We still have a gold medal out of this, so it's yes. not completely bad. And we still have a solution that that's really good. And we can learn from the best solution. So um, potentially we can do something about it. So, I mean, did, did I, I, for me, maybe the, the biggest impact on the, not, not let's forget about the competition for now, the biggest impact is actually Facebook are saying only they, with the money they have, can make different data set legally. So they are basically saying they will monopolize the, the creation of different data set. That's what they're doing because um, they will say, every time you have used some data set that's uh, not with the right intention, even for research, you're not okay. For me, that's how I could interpret that. And I don't think this is a good move for the community as such. And I think it goes in contrary to the spirit of the competition itself. Uh, the, the thread has already uh, seen the support of the community via the podcast as well and personally as well. Uh, I hope you, you already taking it in the positive spirit, but uh, yeah, we, yeah. we're sending our support to you all, to the team's way. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Um, now, now I'd like to shift gears towards uh, your day job. Uh, you, you mm -hmm. working uh, at, at your own consultancy? Can you t uh, tell us more about that? Uh, why did you establish Arian.ai? Well, um, so I throughout my career, I always have this situation where I get to a point to say, do I see myself doing the same thing in twenty years time? I, I actually started my career as a software tester. Uh, I'm a certified software QA. And I was at a point to say, actually in 20 years time, I will still be doing the same kind of thing. You will be okay. manual testing, you'll be looking at test cases, you will say, this is uh, important and this is urgent. And I say, I don't want to do that. That's why I switched to uh, my research career. Um, I finished my research work and then I become a project manager in Airbus. And I, I learned a lot from, from my time with Airbus, by the way. So I, I full, full credit and full respect to the company. I'm still in close contact with uh, a lot of the friends. I live practically outside the Airbus side. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, it's getting to and then and then I become a project manager. And, and at that point, I started to feel I, I, um, in, in large company, you have a lot of people who spend their whole life in the company. 
in in the aerospace, you have people, uh, two or three generation of people who start as a 16 years old, work on two or three aircraft program. One aircraft program probably typically seven to 15 years. So when you do free program, <laughs> you are, if you're not a senior uh, personnel by rank, you will yeah. be a senior personnel by age. <laughs> so, I mean, one of my ex-manager used to work on Concord where say apprentice and he, he retired from Airbus last year. So I, I, I was, I was looking at this, I said, actually it's not for me. Mm-hmm. It's a very stable environment, uh, fantastic intern, international setting, but actually it's not for me. I don't want to stay in the same setting for such a long time. And then um, at the time cargo was happening, machine learning, supply, the, the open source driven machine learning is taking place. I'm starting to learn more and more. And then I got to a point to say, actually, I, I want to see what's the scene like outside aerospace. I want to see what, what the people in H2Os are doing, what the people are doing in, let's say, uh, financial sector, in insurance sector, automobile, pharmaceutical, banking, uh, we already talk about fintech, slightly different, but um, you, you, so, so it's getting to the point I said, I want to try, I want to see something different. So that drives me to, to um, take, the, take the plunge, if you say, to, to leave the company and set up on my own. Why doing consultancy? One of the reasons is I like, I, I like engage with different people with different backgrounds. So that is one of the um, way of engaging with people in different backgrounds. I mean, I suppose I can join company like H2O, I mean, I, if they take me, but I can, I can join company like H2O or, or, or IBM, for instance. But I feel I have more dictation, um, I have more uh, freedom to choose what I want to do in this way. And also the other thing that I, I really enjoy is I, I am at a, a, a stage in my career and personal life that the, um, the freedom mm. of uh, working by my by small team, mostly remote, the freedom to tailor my own day, the freedom to if uh, I have to, but before the pandemic, if yeah. I have to go back to China and stay with my parents, but still con- contributing to work, it's uh, really appreciated. So uh, for me, this is, this is just the right time to, to do it. And this is the right way to do it. It may, it may not be the case in two or three years down the line. You never know. But for now, this is, um, this is suitable for me. So we'll, and, so, yeah, go on. So, so you were so, really looking for uh, challenges, new challenges to explore outside of uh, your exp- expertise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, in the end of the day, uh, everything you learn is useful. I, I would say uh, the, the time I spend working on uh, software testing, it's actually a good way to have a, it, the, the mindset of software testing is very similar to the mindset of cross-validation and reproduction. That's amazing. Because you, you're, trying to, you're trying to make sure this thing is valid. You're trying to think not from an internal aspect how they fix this thing work, 
you're trying to understand from an external aspect whether this thing would reliably give you a result that you want. So that mindset is very useful. Um, I used to create automatic uh, testing harness. It's basically an approach to execute things repetitively. And for me, that's really useful uh, engineering mindset to, to run uh, machine learning models. So I, I take a lot out of those experience. Okay. My, my, my experience working as a, a, a researcher in knowledge management, knowledge management as, as itself is a huge subject. But on the technical side, you touch upon search engine. On the, on the um, personal side, you touch on things like professional networking. So each of these, the kind of mindset behind allow me to, um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, since, since last two or three years, I, I, I have set up the Cargo Loop community, which is a huge professional networking environment. I helped to set up the, um, in China, we have this uh, uh, Cargo Master only community. Uh, I have set those up. So I mean, this, 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 this kind of, um, previous experience is really useful to, to use it. And then uh, also my, my previous work in terms of um, uh, semantic technology, it's basically that's what NLP was before it is NLP. So I, I, still, I still use them on a daily basis. So each of these experiences is useful. The project management experience I, I get from uh, managing project in, in aerospace, um, in many ways it's it's useful in, in the, the mindset is very useful in terms of um, there are controlling expectation in terms of managing what the customer want in terms of uh, understand with, uh, time and resource is still useful today, even, even in, a, in a cargo competition. So, mm. so all this is useful for me, but to apply what you have learned into a new context, into a new challenge, into a new setup. It's it's and for me it's fascinating. Yeah. So so yeah. But I guess, I guess that's it for for me. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. Uh, would would also love to know what what projects uh, do you usually work on and what projects have you worked on at Ethereum? So that's quite interesting in a sense. Um, a lot of the people who get to know us as a comp company would ask, uh, what's your setup? Who do you sell to? What kind of product and service you provide? Um, especially you try to talk to uh, someone who's um, sort of like a marketing expert who mm -hmm. would give you suggestion in terms of selling better. Uh, answer to that is we, we have a company for three years. We're still a small company. Each year we take on the, the nature is very different. I, I started out doing software uh, freelancing work um, with um, startup company who are offering product. The, so the first few project was along those nature. Okay. And then second year we work a little bit more with um, uh, what we call second tier sub subcontracting. Second tier subcontracting is you imagine you have uh, a, a, a large company, let's say a international bank, who will outsource some of their work to a smaller company who will further outsource their work into individual guys like us. So that's what we call second tier subcontracting. 
So it's like H2O outsource work to whoever H2O hire. That would be second yeah. year subcontracting. The second year we starting to do a bit of work like that. So in a sense, it's it's larger scale the customer. And then this year we are starting to work directly with um, large client. So each year is different. Each the nature of the customer is very different. The the way of working is completely different. But I can say this free kind of situation is what we have experienced. And again, in each of the situation, is um, the nature of work is different. I would say, uh, from a technical point of view, the work with a small, smart, product-oriented startup it's very interesting. Mm. I was working on a next-generation email client. So wow, that's unfortunately that was before Transformer. So, <laughs> so but I was I, I was using uh, work embedding. I was doing quite a lot of um, state of art. Two point five years back, I was using quite a lot of state of the NLP to help them to to evaluate a different idea. So that was quite interesting. I was working on another project which involved a simulation of uh, long term financial decision making and to do that in a gamification environment. I was basically building the simulation environment and the reward and um, penalty uh, mechanism. So that is actually a, a very important part if you want to do reinforcement learning. So I was actually doing that part, which would potentially set up some kind of reinforcement learning, uh, uh, um, learning environment. So, so that again is really interesting. So, but the thing is with small startup, uh, being a consultancy yourself, you know the best for a small productized startup is actually internal to resource and they will go their own way. So it's less stable for us. So, so, so gradually starting to move toward a more sustainable customer. Now I would say the kind of, um, large customer working world on at the moment, the focus shift from um, sort of a state of the art machine learning to better understanding of the data, mm. better way to uh, visualize uh, what, what are the pattern inside the data. If we do machine learning with them, and, and this year we do a bit. This year we, we are working quite a lot of uh, physiology data. Uh, heartbeat for instance, uh, uh, and people's reaction to, to, to water, for instance. So, so for that, if you make a decision with a machine a learning model, um, what is the uh, interpretation of that model? So, so the explanation is quite important. And with a large client, we, we work more with a domain expert. So not necessarily people who are also working on machine learning problems. These people uh, are more uh, trying to understand things from a different manner. So the communication aspect is important. It's not like when we were working with uh, sort of a small uh, product oriented startup, the people who are doing, setting up the idea have, even if they don't do machine learning themselves, the chances they, they know a certain degree yeah. or they have a good internal resource who would work with you on, on, on managing product deliverable. So, the nature of the conversation with those companies are not more technical. So that, so that, that is um, quite fascinating in a way. 
Um, so, I mean, we, are, we may get to a point, well, the idea is to actually have a technically sophisticated kind, very, very sophisticated kind, and build PyTorch model for life. But <laughs> um, we'll see, we'll see. And the, the thing is, uh, you have a tech-driven company like Facebook or Google, those people would already have their, the, the, they have the people who are building machine learning model on a large scale, Right. In the most mature way, and those people, are, uh, you, you're not gonna get um, sort of like outsourced work from those guys. Mm. You, you, it's really hard to actually uh, to get subcontracting work from, let's say, H2O. Of course, they they will hire cargo grandmaster, they will hire cargo master, but these people, they, these these are key competence of them. So so it seems for us, it's more uh, appropriate to um, to position ourselves. To help um, customer who are starting to engage on machine learning and data science, who are starting to I mean help them to, in a way actually it, to 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 capture data uh, appropriately. Because um, if if I take on some of the customers' data, the one of the first two projects, for instance, you you will in, end up seeing a, a lot of the um, survey a lot of the uh, questionnaire is not structured in a way that's useful for, for, uh, for the step down the line. So now we are providing feedback to them so you can structure in this way and we can show you things in this way. So, so it's, it's, it's actually more beneficial for them to, to engage us. Yeah, so that, I mean, that, it's a big world and that's what we see. I don't yeah. I mean obviously in in other sector everybody is different. Different sector have very very different dynamic, and also yeah. you have what we call the sector barrier. Um, for instance, uh, we we would we still find it quite hard actually to go into environment like fintech. Although mm. we know in fintech the soft line uh, model building approach is quite similar. Yeah, well, uh, it's also. Um, there's a lot of discussion moving from linear model to non-linear model and how to in, how to interpret those models. So in that sense, it's, it's similar, but um, the fact that you don't have the domain experience in those makes it quite difficult. So okay. it's 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 ongoing story. Yeah. You, you mentioned, have, have you seen uh, more of the shift uh, from just uh, SOTA techniques to engineering uh, as, as you had hinted to? Have you seen that shift in the project? Projects. Say again. Can you say again? Uh, so, ha have you noticed the change? You you sort of hinted to this, but have you seen the change from uh, just being uh, focused on SOTA techniques towards more on the engineering side? So, uh, maybe your customers, your clients, were more inclined towards how do you solve uh, the problem as an engineering solution? We are not at that stage at the moment. At least we haven't experienced that type of customer. Um, we we are starting to have some conversation with a customer who are, um, how do I say, they already have their internal machine learning pipeline. They're trying to, uh, so, so for instance, at the moment there is one potential customer who are talking about potentially um, improving their already productionized PyTorch model. Okay. So that might become a quite interesting uh, conversation. Mm -hmm. So, um, but this is um, 
ongoing conversation. So we will see whether this become uh, come into fruition. Actually, that is um, another reason, uh, another good thing of doing um, data science competition. There's a very distinct uh, bird song, <laughs> external data for the birds. Um, so, so actually, that's another thing about um, doing well in a data science competition because um, customers do come to, to me to say, would you be interested to take on this project? Um, the, the, the process or the, the time it taken to have an initial contact with a customer to have a real project take place, often it takes years. Yeah. Uh, some of my, uh, some of one, of, one of our large customer at the moment actually come from the fact that their data science was one of my first teammate on a cargo competition. So I already know her since uh, five years now. It's only now we're starting to work together on, on one project. So it, 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 it takes time. It takes time to, to build and manage the, well, not necessarily manage, but to, to build and nurture the, the, the relationship to a point that you can, you can work Sometimes it's it's more uh, me being who I am. I like having exchange with um, people on uh, similar interests, and then we just start talking to each other, and you without expecting something happen. Sometimes it's just uh, then then they say, oh, there is actually this project in our company. Uh, why don't you join? Or why don't you t have a look? And um, on the other side, on the cargo is uh, environment is that I do get to know people who I, yeah. I uh, give our work to. Not at this moment, but um, I, I experienced several situations where fellow cargo was able to help me out on some project. So, so that was that was really good um, to get this from the community, and then also on the supplier side, but also in the customer side all the while doing uh, what you like. I mean, I, I look at it this way, uh, this year, for instance, throughout the pandemic, we, we've actually never stopped work. Well, we always have project going on. So that's quite nice. We're already fully remote, uh, working in a remote environment, so there is no need for me to adapt to anything. But at the same time, I take the, uh, reverse positive that let's say tomorrow no more project then i'll just spend more time on cargo That's or other data science prefer yeah so um so can, can you share some advice on finding freelance projects many many people struggle with that uh was your okay. profile helpful and i so so i i guess I answer the second part of the question first uh cargo profile is useful uh, how, how should one if, display if their you, profile? I, I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't say the profile itself is useful, but the fact that you uh, in my case, having spent the time in a competition, uh, me being who I am, I, I think I'm quite uh, good at having good conversation with other individuals. Uh, I am quite uh, well liked in different community. I and for I, I don't know for why for w whatever reason uh, I I was 
I'm, I'm happy to be in a situation where I, I play a key role in multiple community. So, so the fact that I am doing this already helped me a lot. So it's not cargo profile as such, but what you have done in the community in a way will come back to give you uh, something useful. And you don't necessarily feel I will facilitate this uh, 10,000 Slack community, 10,000 people strong Slack community, hoping one day it, give, it will give me a project. You don't, yeah. that is not the, the, the uh, motivation. Mm -hmm. But it, the fact that you have done that would give you uh, edge or, or uh, unexpected benefit down the line, both in uh, business and in life. So that's how I see it. I don't, I don't necessarily think I, I will, I will um, have help out a guy who's studying on cargo or give advice, um, thinking this person would one day give me a project. That, that's mm. not how I approach it at all. I would, if, if sort of like people from a company wanting to explore data science and say, okay, Yifan, you seem to do well. Will you give us some advice? Um, I would always say, if I can manage the time, I would do it without thinking about doing project or not. Because that's so very often is the, well, it happened to be the first step of establishing a trustful relationship with your customer. But at the same time, it's, it's not necessarily you're doing it for profit. You're doing it by the value that you would like to share the knowledge. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's first. So that's the second part of your question, how the profile help. It's, it's not your profile, it's what you do, really. It's really what you do. It's the knowledge. You do, you, you, you do well in a competition, of course you have visibility. That's, that's full stop. But you need to do really well. You need to be in top 10, you need to sometimes win it. Sometimes you win it and it is qualified and you still get some exposure. So, so, yeah. so that's that. But at the second, second thing is you, you're starting to um, having conversation with people in the community, you make friends friend introduce you to friend. So again, that, that's probably even more important than the, the, the element of doing well. If you can do both, then fantastic. Now in terms of picking up freelancing project, I, I, I cannot say what is the best way. I will say how I started. I started doing things on Upwork. Hmm. For me, Upwork is a good platform to start out as a, uh, if you're someone who wants to be a freelance data scientist. Um, I, there are two, I think we have much more choices now these days. Two or three years ago when I started, um, there was uh, Upwork, there was a website called freelancing.com. I think, I think that's it. But today you have at least three, four, five platforms. Yeah. There are some platforms, I, I, get, I get people invited to me have a look at your platform and, or, or my platform, give us some advice. Uh, I, I don't particularly pay attention anymore. Upwork for me has a very good um, mechanism in terms of getting work, in terms of the payment step, in terms of give you a level of security that uh, you once you've done the work, you will get the money. So it has a good protection mechanism. So that itself is sort of like a solid basic platform I can trust to do work and you can build some sort of profile. Um, so that's useful, especially for people who are starting out. Yeah. Because what you want to do is not necessarily make a lot of money. What you want to do is get some good project review. So, so 
I started out, I started out on a, on a project that was like only a, a couple hundred US dollar. And then I, I get good review and I, I starting to move on. And I starting to take on maybe in my case, I starting to take on larger size, a fixed package uh, project. Mm. And then what's interesting is uh, after that, um, the two, I, I mentioned in the second year, we did some work with like second tier supplying with large customer who uh, getting uh, additional supplier to, to serve even larger customer. Um, both situation actually come from upward. So you have people who work for large uh, company who maybe post a post on Upwork mm. and you reply and they say, the, the moment you pick up the phone, they say, let's do this off the platform. So that happened uh, last year. Um, but after those time, we, we kind of, for us, we, we say, let's, it's good. It, it helped to push job the company. Yeah. We, we didn't really have any debt in the company. So that helped to push job the company. But now we want to um, starting to really move toward larger client. So for us, it, it, I, I, it worked for me up to that point. I think um, the other thing that you, you want to recognize on Upwork is at least for data science work, I think there was at least three tiers. Mm. There are tier who are uh, working basically competing on price. So people who, um, let's say within uh, 15 US dollar per hour. So that's a lot of people working on that level. Okay. Then yeah, people who are sort of like more middle range, anything from 35 to, to 80 dollar per hour. I think that's the tier where you could uh, if you have a, you, you will have a stable customer mm. for month. That is the, I think that is, the, for me, that, that seems to be tier that um, people actually make a sustainable income. The, the third tier here are the people who are charging for uh, more than a hundred US dollar per hour. Um, I, I was on that level and I have two or three jobs before I stop. But um, once you are in that tier, you really need to start thinking about how you can be distinguished from other people. Mm. It's not easy. It's actually not easy. And I see people who are on that level and still having ongoing customer. And I don't know, I mean, personally, I, I, I was not as successful as those people on Upwork. But if you can move up sort of like into the second tier, I think that would be good enough. Um, what it would be useful is you, you starting with that and you starting to solve sort of like build your uh, customer profile. Then um, perhaps do the same with other platform. That would be useful. Freelancing in data science is, is uh, I feel is not, it, it, it would fit a certain kind of person. Hmm. People who um, already have some experience and people who uh, can um, get excited about the unpredictability of things. If you're yeah. thinking about, I will get X amount for the next five months, so that for me to be stable and plan my life, don't do that. Uh, it has, it, it's something that you would, you would, I think, 
it's something that you you will learn. It's like surfing. You yeah. you can't predict the wave, but if you like surfing, then maybe it is for you. Um, I, I I in different again in different countries completely different. I think in the UK, in Europe, maybe even in it's the same in US. As far as I know, the freelancing community, the the setter is better. It's quite you know the the rule of the game. And if you don't do it via online platform, you have a lot of um, outsourcing opportunity in the UK. For instance, you can take a data science uh, subcontracting job with a customer in London with a, a, a good day rate. But I cannot say the same for, uh, I don't even know what's the situation in China. I don't know the situation in India. So locally, again, these are very different different contexts. Yeah. How people do that, I, I don't think I can advise. Yeah. But um, start, if, if, if it's people, person who are trying to build their own profile, starting from ground zero, then I would say do small project, maybe small fixed price, uh, fixed package, but do it well, do it really well. If I can add to that, you mentioned uh, usually it's better if you go into it as an experienced person. I actually started freelancing while I was in college because I wanted some experience. That's that's also a good approach. And uh, like like you mentioned, I, I wasn't uh, going into it expecting any money at all. I just wanted yeah. to get a taste of the field. So that, that that's also a good mindset if you approach it like that. But uh, I was aware that there'll be competition. And if you take it like that, then uh, you'll get some good learning out of it also. And yeah, yeah. Some money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, at these days, I think uh, we are, we are happy to be in. We are lucky to be in a, a field where most of the work actually technically can be done remotely. So um, there are many ways to 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 get that kind of exposure. Yeah. Open source project, you can you can chat up the people via Twitter. You can chat up the people via LinkedIn. Especially now that with um, the COVID situation, exactly. I think people, even some of the more traditional companies are now being forced to uh, accept a, a newer way of working. So in, in theory, it should be uh, a lot more easier to do that. And in a way, I mean, actually, um, Upwork, Upwork every year is uh, generating a pretty decent uh, state of the uh, freelancing economy. Mm. Every, since two or three years now, um, their report is pretty interesting. Uh, although it's only talking about the US economy, but the trend, the KPI, uh, how many people are working on that, the sort of like top 500 companies who are willing to engage with platform Upwork, it's always on the up. It, it, uh, I, I find that to be quite interesting. Okay. So we, we've talked so much about Kaggle. Uh, I'd like to ask you uh, what was some things that uh, you had to learn outside of Kaggle while, while doing freelancing? Okay. Some things you didn't know uh, via Kaggle and uh, how do you suggest someone should learn these? I, I think a lot of that is um, the uh, communication skill you have with customer. Um, there are communication skill with customer at different stage of the project. In my case, uh, I need to engage in pitching, for instance. I need to 
make a uh, make a presentation, mm -hmm. and then I need to be able to communicate it some technically potentially technically complex idea to people who are very very likely to have no idea what what this really is. Um, we have a discussion about do you like the word of, uh, artificial intelligence at all? I think most people who are working in data science or machine learning would not like the word AI. So, but but sometimes you you you. That is the word that people recognize. So how, how do you yes. how do you communicate that idea to them without overselling? Um, so that's one. How do you develop a, a soft line uh, uh, a continuous relationship with someone, in yes. a sense that it will become at some point a, a, a business contract, or at least a friend, right? At least a friend. So yeah. that you can't get from Kaga. How do you uh, work with um, Technical project always come with, in, in our case, always come with a commercial conversation. How do you say a good, with a straight face, you charge a certain amount of money from your customer? Mm. Yeah, so um, that, that itself, I mean, how, how do you uh, package your, your work in a sense that people actually see value in it? So, so how, how do you miss and fix of, um, how do you miss, uh, what's the word? How do you mix different components of uh, technical deliverable mm. in, into a structure that um, people can fit into their procurement environment uh, uh, package? All these are completely outside the data science world, but it's critical for us. If I don't, if we don't do this well, we have no work. So it's ex extremely, extremely important. Mm. And of course, outside cargo, because we, we have our own company, we, we, we have all the boring bigs, the accountants, the, the solicitor, the lawyer. I mean, in fact, the fact that I know a little bit about um, the lawyer, I was able to get some support in our conversation with Facebook. Okay, we didn't, there's no way you can sue Facebook, forget about that. <laughs> yeah. But we, we were able to have an educated uh, position in, mm. that, in that subject, so which is, for me, is useful. And and that is only because I I I've done the setting up of the company. Now on 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 a more uh, maybe more suitable for um, company employee for friends who are in the career pro, um, path early part of the career path, it's it's actually working in teams. Working in teams, I think, uh, especially working with people who have very different idea to yourself. How do you agree with people? How do you disagree with people? How do you engage with people who have uh, very different beliefs and concepts? So that that you can't, it, it's a bit hard to to go on cargo and expect you can develop that side of skill. Mm. But that is really critical for a data science project or any project or, or even in life. So that, that's really useful. Um, the one thing you may probably get from cargo is it's, Probably you you'll be have experience working with people from uh, very different countries, very different culture. So that's something you do get from Cargo. Mm. Although um, I think I would say uh, the the technical community would have a certain um, world will that is, yeah. let's say, maybe a more progressive world will than. Than the non-telecom community. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
so i have your kaggle profile open here please excuse my bad uh, lighting mm-hmm. skills uh, i am not good at sure, it, sure. obviously but uh, you have five gold medals you have six silver medals and four bronze medals already are, are you aiming for the grandmaster tier next you just need one solo goal uh, yes i know i i um how do i say i i feel that i i can there is a chance to do it i i only have like one or two cargo competition in a year that i could really spend time on hmm. so the last time was defake and the time before that um i i somehow always end up teaming up with people the mm. answer is yes i will i will uh make an effort to get my solo go but i don't know when this will happen i i at the moment I'm, i i i find it in, to be quite impossible to be a very <laughs> prolific competitor like um cpmp like our, our friends in the media they are very what well, already they were a prolific com- competitor before they joined yeah. so i i actually find it difficult to to uh, function like them i think it's maybe part of that is mental mental fertility uh, mental stamina i find it very difficult to finish one competition and, and switch to another one almost immediately um that's something i'm still trying to work on myself but um on the other hand is that um I think as time move on I will I will keep doing competition because um it it give you so so much more than just the technical knowledge so never say never I might I might take a competition and just run solo and hopefully I get some some good insight in the competition or get some good luck in the final shakeup and there there I will be um it's not is not going to be the the be or end or target mm. i just is it keeps stuck in it you know really yeah. looking forward uh, to your uh, solo win uh, if if you were to give one final best advice to someone who's just starting uh, let's say the kaggle journey what would that be um not necessary a kaggle journey but um probably a, a career advice is actually I I would say follow one's heart. It it's a lot easier uh to work on something you like for a long period. It's a not easier to motivate yourself if you actually like what you're doing. Yeah. And that's not just data science. Um Steve Jobs used to used to say that um for the people who do well on things you need to work unreasonable amount of time it would it, it would be so much that it's completely insane from other people's point of view so if we look at the cargo grammars or people like us who spend so much time on, on data science competition we we are crazy to other people so don't think about how other people think of you it, it, you, you you need to know that this is the right thing um second thing i i would say is um find a way to uh integrate this into your daily activity so i'm talking about the extra curriculum stuff the cagoring mm-hmm. if you into lego the lego uh if you into uh book the coursera study you, you dust here of the world 
the time you spend on those, you need to find a way to integrate it into your daily activities so that you can do it daily on a daily basis. It is going to be the numerous amount of the two hours in the evening. Uh, in my case, the, the 10, 15 minutes when I was taking my daughter when she's young in the swimming pool or sitting down reading stuff, it's, it's those things that count. It's, it's not going to be one cargo competition or, 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 or one course that change your life. I mean, yeah. if you think back, some of them are important, but it's the continuous activity, the, the fact that you're doing it. Um, the last thing I would say, uh, probably with, because I, I'm someone who's um, I'm, I'm 40 years old, I have sniff. I, 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 I have, uh, I'm older than most of the cargola, I believe. Um, in my case, because I have to switch, I kind of switch my career after uh, the age of 36, mm. because I really started doing machine learning at 36. Now thinking back, it's crazy. But um, you, you kind of have to have a good idea what, what you are giving away in life. The yeah. same actually you're doing, if you go and do a PhD, it's not the three years you're giving away, you're giving away the opportunity to have, let's take the example of a PhD, you're giving away the opportunity of having um, sort of industrial work experience yes. in the early stage of career. Know, know that you're giving that away and make sure that that is something you're willing to pay for. In, in my case, um, I actually, well, it's not the sole, it's not the only reason but it's part of the reason I only have one child. So I, I actually, part of the reason we were thinking about having a second child. In my case, I, I finished my doctorate. I started to learn machine learning. I, I really think this is going to define the second half of my life. It's, and then because I want to do that, I, I don't want to, it's, it's hard to say that actually. I don't want to spend too much time um, looking for, looking after, baby again <laughs> my daughter is now 14 years old so i actually make a ch conscious choice not to do that mm. this is part of the reason not all the reason so so in some in some time you you there are difficult choice to make um if you live in a company if you're just starting a startup then you need to be prepared to say goodbye to stability yeah so everything everything come with a come with a price to pay certainly yeah. Uh, so, so, so. Th this this is uh, sort of a final question. Uh, I I didn't mention this to you earlier, but uh, so this is a trick, trick. I think this will be a tricky question for you. You're only allowed to play, uh, let's say, one game for the rest of your life. And I know you're a Final Fantasy fan, so you can't name that <laughs> game. Which which other game will you uh, be happy playing for the rest of your life? For the rest of my life. Just one game. <laughs> Man, this is really hard. I. This is really, really hard. In my case, it's probably going to be some super realistic football management game. Okay. Where you get the chance to, uh, of course, act as a manager, but maybe <laughs> even allow you to build machine learning model to predict footballing score. That, That's interesting. That would be a good game, yes. I mean, awesome. all the data and tabular. <laughs> awesome. End time series. 
Okay, uh, Ifan, before we end the call, uh, can you mention the platform where the audience can connect with you and reach out to you if they'd like? Okay, um, so the best way is my um, Kakao profile. So on my Kakao profile, you will see my LinkedIn profile. You will see, I think, also my Twitter. It's there, there, it's there, it's there. <laughs> I just looked at yeah. it, yes. Yeah, so uh, once you get on there, uh, you, can, you can connect with me. Um, alternatively, um, community like Cargo Loops, uh, perhaps uh, you can you can put the name out there. So community like Cargo Loops, I'm still uh, I'm still overseeing all the conversation, occasionally taking part. So those are the places uh, to to be connected. All of these will be there in the show notes. Audience, please uh, scroll down if you'd like. Ifan, thank you so much for uh, thank you very much on the podcast. Yeah, thank you very much. Take care, guys. Bye bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to give it a review or feel free to shoot me a message. You can find all of the social media links in the description. If you like the show, please subscribe and tune in each week to Chai Time Data Science.